Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome on in. It's another edition of the Full Court Press. Welcome on in. It's another edition of the Full Court Press. And he's AJ Salveson. And uh, a lot of different things going on. Tour of Utah was a big thing going on in Cache Valley today. Stage two will be in Box Elder County tomorrow. It'll begin in downtown Brigham City on Main Street. It'll head north for about a 30-mile loop, 30 or 40-mile loop. And then they will sprint through Main Street again, heading south, and on their way to uh, down Highway 89, go through Perry and Willard, then into Weber County, eventually up into the Ogden Valley, where they will conclude the day at Powder Mountain. But today was about being in North Logan and Newton and Trenton. Uh, it was really cool for that the people could be that up close and personal with the riders today. Uh, big finish line. I guess there was a big crash at the finish line. A little gnarly. But uh, riders came through a little bit later than <laughs> we expected. a little gnarly? Yeah, guy got pretty bad road rash, I guess. You call it gnarly? That was pretty gnarly, dude. Yeah, it was gnarly. So, anyway. That was taking place today. And... Um, so if you want to go see things for uh, tomorrow that uh, will be, again, down in downtown Brigham City, I understand they're going to be doing some festival-type stuff tonight. There's a concert and a couple different things going on, so having a lot of fun with it. Uh, the Stage 1 winner today was with EF Education First, Lawson Craddock. Second place was James Piccoli. He's the one that won the uh, prologue event up near Snowbird. Um, so, uh, anyway, those are some things that were going on today around North Logan. Really cool to get that report. World-class event. They always do a fine job. And they go through the rest of the state of Utah. And you can keep track of it all on tourofutah.com. There's also an app, Tour of Utah Tour Tracker, 2019 Tour of Utah Tour Tracker. So. Some of the things that are going on with uh, the, the Tour of Utah and happening in our community. Uh, as we said, it was uh, Tour of Utah was there by Green Canyon. We were talking about Green Canyon. The Wolves, uh, there's a debate about who their starting quarterback might be. Maybe I guess it's not so much a, a debate. Yeah, it's not a debate. We, we've heard that it's, it's going to be somebody that we weren't anticipating earlier in the year. Uh, Jake Lundeen is going to be the quarterback. Uh, Jake Digert was going to be the quarterback, but because of injuries, he has decided to quit football. So there's a new quarterback there. Uh, how does that affect the, the passing game? It sounds like he's an athlete. Uh, probably somebody who could run, run the ball. Uh, but uh, what's the passing game look like for the Wolves? That's a big question. Uh, but this is a team that has as, as as much experience coming into the season as they have had since they became a new school. Yeah, no, it, and, and it should benefit in that regard. Um, again, 
when you don't have your starting quarterback who's been there for since the start of it, and you have to replace it with a running back who not as experienced with that. They have the receiving talent. Uh, I don't know what their running back talent looks like right now, but they have the receiving core, and their defense looks good. They have a ton of guys returning. Uh, you know, and Craig Gonder has is, is been there, done that. He's familiar with all these kids. So in, in the defensive regard, they should be okay. The offensive side, I'm actually very, very, very worried about. I'm a little worried about some of the things that I've read from Craig Gander about their defensive line, that they've got some really small guys there. Yeah. Converted well, wrestlers. They like their speed yeah. in their D-line. What do you say? 150, 165, 180? I think 180 is their biggest guy. Yikes. I mean, teams... And their schedule is not all too kind in that preseason. If I remember, things are going to get tough in that preseason. And remember, again, not really that. They don't give a crap if you win region championship anymore. If you can win your preseason games, if you win region, you win region, whoopity-daw. But if you can win the games that you have to win against the really good teams to be a, to put your RPI in a position where you're going to be one of the top teams to get a bye, then you're in great shape. And again, and I, I just, when you have a tough preseason schedule and a small defensive line like they had, he's basing it off of speed. I'm not so sure that's going to work. But what do I know? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, it's a risky proposition, it seems like. Uh, it's a, if you're, if there's an offensive line that's going to have a good push and have a lot of, uh, a lot more size to them. They may be able to push you off the line pretty easily. I don't care how fast you are. If they get that push and move you off the block, it doesn't take much time to establish a spot and create a gap. So if they run up against a power run team, that that could be problematic for the Wolves. Yeah. Uh, And I wait for the who? For the Wolves. Oh, they said the Bulls. I was like, well, the Bulls have a lot more problems than just (laughs) – yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. But uh, we'll see, you know, and, and some of these things, it kind of takes you by surprise. So we'll see how it goes. All right, uh, talking about the Skyview Bobcats, this is a team that went 10-1 and last year. A lot of high hopes for what their team would be able to, to, to do, what they were able to, to accomplish. But they've got a change in coaching staff. Uh, Chris Howell left Ridgeline to go there when after Danilo uh, Robinson went to California to be head coach there. But this is a team that still has quite a few players back, quite a few significant players back. Six starters back on offense, seven on defense. But the the biggest name to watch for, number 12, Mason Falsley. Yeah, once again, man, it feels like he's been there for his fifth year. Uh, <laughs> Al Riley, um, and not even close, he's the best player in Region 11 unless someone else can stop him. And uh, whether it's on the court or on the field, not a lot of people can stop him. Now, they had that upsetting first-round loss to Park City last year. They want to avenge that loss. Uh, Chris Hell understands that. But they need to build around Mason Fultz and not make it a one-dimensional offense. If they do that, they're going to be in a huge amount of trouble. Right. The The question for me for the Bobcats is, can they, they – they did a good job like running the ball. They scored a lot of running touchdowns. They didn't do much through the air. Can they develop a passing game to at least keep some defenses on their toes? Otherwise, they're just going to load up on the Bobcats. Yeah, no, it's and and that like look, because Mason's Mason Fault was one of the more talented kids I've came through our valley, 
But even with that, defenses can prepare ways where they can just, I mean, it's not like basketball. I mean, you can't go across the line of scrimmage and huck a 40-yard pass forward. Can't do it. So you have to be able to find ways to create for him so that he can be able to get rid of the ball um, quickly. Because holding on the ball too long for him is going to really be a disaster for them. Uh, and like you said, they can just, I mean, they can really just kind of pin their ears back and just target him. That's all they have to do. If you stop Mason Falsliff, you stop Skyview. That's that's exactly what the game plan is. The problem is until they got up to Park City, until they got up to Park City last year, nobody could do that. Eric, nobody could stop Mason consistently. And then Park City said, "You know what? We're going to stack the box and we're going to make you have to get rid of the ball." And once that happened, that team fell flat. They got to find a way to change that. Uh, last year, they had a great reliable running back there beside Mason Falslove. He's gone. So the question is, which of this uh, group of running backs that are available will really stand out uh, and be able to help out. Uh, Tate Ballard, he was the quarterback who started the year last year because Mason was hurt at the beginning of the year. He's been moved to wide receiver, uh, so he's another experienced guy that uh, understands the offense. Hopefully with that experience, uh, being a quarterback, uh, the transition to wide receiver uh, isn't that difficult, and he can find ways to find him, himself open, so that passing game can be a part of the uh, real effective part of what mm-hmm. Skyview wants to do offensively. Yeah, and again, uh, their defense is going to be kind of interesting. Do they have a lot of returning talent? I know they have some, but seven starters are back. Oh, well, they'll be all right defensively. Yeah, Trayson Martindale is a safety, uh, one of the, the one of the leaders in, in tackling last year. Who's coming back? Uh, Brigham Lewis also coming back. He's a linebacker, a lot of experience. Uh, th- between those two guys, one of the top tacklers and their defensive stoppers mm-hmm. are going to be back for 2019. Yeah, uh, that will help. That man, geez, if they can figure it out offensively, that team's going to be very, very dangerous. Um, not only they'll probably run away with the ring championship, but they can make a they can make at least a high play for the. Uh, uh, state championship. Yeah, there, there's a sense that there's a lot of work that was left undone from last year. Sure. So this is coaching change. Uh, maybe a little bit of a tweak about how things are done, but the the players, from what we've been able to gather, uh, really feeling like they've they've got a lot left to prove. Mm-hmm. Uh, better than where where things ended last year. You know, that's kind of funny. That's I mean, you can almost put that theme as the theme for every team. In Region 11 here, Eric, you know, Skyview fell short. Mountain Crest went to the state championship and then got throttled by Orem, shut out even. Uh, Logan, obviously, on a 9-2 season, they ended up not being able to finish the job. Then they lose their head coach. Um, and then in the regard of, what, Ridgeline didn't even make the playoffs. They want to get things back on track. Green Canyon fell short. So I think a lot of teams are in that same territory, that same dimension of, Look, we have unfinished business. We feel like we can prove something. And with this new playoff RPI system, they feel like they have a chance to do just that. So we've gone through all of the teams. I want to get to the RPI discussion about this. and Looking at who these teams face outside of region. Uh, we didn't get into that individually for team by team. We've talked about uh, what each team looks like, what some of the interesting players coming back, how things are affected. But looking at who they're going to play before they play each other, 
I think is really interesting. It mm. may determine what the what that postseason looks like mm-hmm. for some of these teams. So, for example, uh, go back. We'll start back at Mountain Crest. Mm-hmm. It's a team that plays at Salem Hills. They host Wasatch. They host Box Elder, and they host Bonneville. Um, and those are that's an interesting mix. Some teams are better than others in that mix. Um, Wasatch, that's a lower classification. It is. Uh, but the Salem Hills, are they 4A? Uh, no, they're 5A. Hold on. Producing on the fly again. What do you freaking know? <laughs> Just us. Oh, like, oh, they redid their website. Looks sexy. That's hot. Okay. Um... That's not what I'm looking for. Because there have been so many things that have happened and changed for the classifications and regions here recently. Yeah, so, okay, here we go. This is what the 4A class looks like. And, by the way, this is huge. <laughs> this is really big for for all of Region 11 when you look at it. Uh, region 9 has all all the St. George schools. Canyonview, Cedar Cities, Crimson Cliffs, Desert Hills, Dixie, Hurricane, Pineview, Snow Canyon. Region 10? <laughs> this is a joke. Ben Lomond, Ogden, Mountain View, Cedar Valley, who's brand new, Park City, Stansbury, Twilla, and Uinta. So I'm going to look at that and say one, two, three, four, five teams in that region will never see the playoffs in, well, I guess won't see the playoffs this year in football. Because of the new RPI. Yeah, so Park City, Stansbury. Park City and Stansbury are the only teams I see. Maybe Twilla. So that means Bear River, Green Canyon, Logan, Mountain Crest, Ridgeline, Skyview. Based if they have a good preseason, honestly, all six could get in. And that's non-exaggeration. It's very possible. It's not because before it was the top four yeah. teams. Uh, it's, it's so different this year. It could be... Two teams and by the in the region, it could be five. Yeah, well, and, and, and you, know, I mean, you look at Region 9, Pineview's going to be really good. Snow Canyon might be okay. Dixie's going to be great. Desert Hills will be great. Canyonview, Cedar City, Crimson Cliffs, and Hurricane will not be good. Like you, and, and based on how many teams they need in the playoffs to classify for the 4A tournament, that means you'd have to put all six in most likely. Because I can tell you, Ben Loman's not getting in. Ogden's not getting in. Twilla, I don't think, is getting in. Cedar Valley's not getting in. Mountain View's not getting in. And you went to may or may not get in. And how many teams do you need for the 4A playoffs, man? Do you know? So is it... Uh, I thought it was... Was it 12? Is it 12? So 6 plus those 4 is 10. Okay. I think there's more this year. Because okay, so I'm always confused. Does there's five basically there's five playoff games the potential if you go all the way to the championship. Oh man, that guy really did wipe out in that bike race. Ouch. Um, I said it was gnarly. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, I mean it's I don't see it having an impact, at least on Region Eleven, not as or a negative impact as as much as people think. They're going to be all right. Yeah. This, yeah, the Region 10, I don't think is going to be really that strong. I mean, play, Park City, what they were able to do against Skyview was impressive last year. You can't discount that. 
Um, they're going to be one of the uh, the highest teams, I think, coming back they have to consider. But um, not sure about too many other teams that are going to be really that dominant in that other team or in that other region, in Region 10. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't see it happening. So, Man, that's gonna be that's gonna be really interesting to see what what that bracket's gonna look like at the end of the year. Yes. Well, so like uh, Ridgeline is gonna have a tough first start against Pineview, uh, but then they play Cypress. Uh, they play at Farmington. Farmington's a relatively new school, but they're a bigger school, bigger classification. They play Highland, and Highland's usually had a pretty good football program in Idaho. Uh, Logan will be at Provo. Provo's not traditionally had a very strong program. Stansbury, kind of a similar situation there. Mm-hmm. They play Preston at Utah State. Preston's had better success with basketball than they've had with football. That should be an interesting showdown. Uh, then they go to Desert Pines, who's in Nevada, Las Vegas area. No idea how good that team is. Uh, Green Canyon, they host Tooele. Tooele doesn't have a great football tradition. Not, not sure how they're going to be. Um, they travel to Bonneville. They host Stansbury. So Stansbury uh, will have played both Logan and Green Canyon. Oh, interesting. And then they travel to Box Elder. Uh, Box Elder is a higher classification. Actually, interesting. Stansbury has like a Region 11 preseason. They play at... Skyview, you know, Skyview plays at Stansbury to open the season. Then Stansbury comes to Logan, and then Stansbury goes to Green Canyon in the first three weeks. Wait, say that one more time. <laughs> Stansbury plays three teams in Region 11 huh. before they get into Region play. Huh. Skyview, Logan, then Green Canyon. But see, that benefits well for them. If they can win two out of those three games, their RPI looks good because they're beating teams in their same classification. If it's lower, it doesn't matter. If it's in the same or higher, it looks really good. good plus, plus, when the committee looks... This is weird to even say in high school sports. When the committee looks at it, they're saying, okay, they're willing to play teams in their same classification, and they'll meet up with them in the state tournament. Maybe. Well, there's no committee... It's, it's supposed to be an algorithm that figures that all out. Yeah, but the freaking algorithm is controlled by the committee. <laughs> it's a fair point. Uh, and then lastly, looking at, uh, well, Sky, look, Skyview, they play Stansbury, as we mentioned. They travel to Sky Ridge. That's a relatively new school. Uh, they, ho- they play Shelly in, uh, in that uh, Rocky Mountain kickoff. And then they play Madison, Idaho. And then uh, Bear River, Juan Diego, which is usually a pretty tough program. They travel to Box Elder. There's a that's a classic rivalry there. Then they play. They host Bonneville, and then they travel to Morgan. Uh, so uh, Bear River maybe with some teams in the lower classification uh, that they're going to be facing uh, as well for this season. I don't know, man. I'm worried, especially with that kind of a schedule. That's not going to help you out at all. And that's really not going to help you out. Have we looked at Mountain Crest schedule yet? Yes, that was the first one we looked at. That's the first one you looked at? At Salem Hills versus Wasatch versus Box Elder <laughs> versus Bonneville. So they're not on the road very much to start the year. Which they're okay with, right? I mean, 
Yeah. Hmm. Wasnets, Bucktailer, Bonneville, Logan. I mean, they're after their road game on August sixteenth at Salem Hills. They don't see the road again until October fourth. No, September twentieth. And then they play an October fourth road game. Eleventh and sixteenth, and the sixteenth one is at Bountiful. That's your UEA game, which will be helpful for them to play based on this RPI system, and then the playoffs for the following week. So, three ending road games. Bear River, Ridgeline, and Bountiful. Okay. Well, that's that's doable. So, uh, the playoff system is going to be different this year, it looks like, just uh, pulling it up on the UHSAA. They will have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So, they'll have... Well, some of these teams will have a first-round bye, mm-hmm. which will be interesting because yes. it has uh, 16 spots, but some teams will have a first-round bye. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how this all comes together with this new RPI system. seems like coaches are kind of mixed feelings on how this is going to work for them. And Yeah, schools. some said it was great. Some were like, yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right, they have concerns about how it gets used and how they do with their scheduling. But... Um, yeah, this would be, and there's a new different playoff system now too. Mm-hmm. So, Not just on how, how many, many teams, teams get go, a first round buy? More teams will get first round buys. How many teams though? Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. So, ten. So, in the bottom bracket, plays each other. Whoever wins gets to go play the top bracket. I think that's right. But it's still so it's no longer quarterfinal, semifinal championship. It's no, there's first round, second round, quarterfinals, semifinals. Holy crap! That's so just so championships wait. November twenty second or November twenty third. They still haven't revealed. Where so those wait, championships wait, 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 wait. November twenty second or twenty third is that what you just said? Yes. Semifinals and finals have yet to be announced. Where that's going to take place? Hold on here. Well, hold everything on. else from the first, second round, and the quarterfinals will all be at home sites. Oh, man. So they're going to be playing. So their schedule. Sorry. That state championship game goes into the second to last week of Utah State football. Yeah, it's a long week. If you keep winning, you're going through the whole month of November. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean your regular season because, ends in mid-October, and you have a, still another six weeks. The 23rd weeks. is when Boise State comes to Utah State for an 8-30 game on ESPN. So, for example, if you're Skyview, which you're, I mean, you're capable of making it that far, <laughs> and you want to catch the Aggie game at the end, but I guess if you're, but if I think this year, the 4-8 championship game is the night game. Because they swap between 4A and 5A, if I remember right. Unless 4A has their own place now. Wow, do they go that long? I mean, so their regular season, just as a technical context, right? Their regular season ends on October 16th. That is the same week that Nevada plays Utah State in the... When they really get into like full blown conference football, 
on October 19th. At that point, Utah State still has, besides the Nevada game, one, two, three, four, five, six games left. The high school football season ends when Utah State has one game left after Boise. Holy heck. It's a long season. Dude, I don't like that, man. That, that's exhausting <laughs> for football, dude. So wait, for high school football, yes. And so I can only imagine how bad basketball is going to be. Yeah, they've definitely opened it up to give more teams opportunities to participate in the postseason. But does that mean there will be more teams from your region that will participate in the postseason? Well, and the fact that we remember what Mr. Oglesby said last week, that those teams could be playing each other. For example, Skyview could end up playing Logan. Right, Region 11 teams could be playing Region 11 teams. Huh. But you're, the, the way that it'll work, the first... The top, I should say, the top 10 teams with RPI in 4A classification will have a first-round bye. Yeah. Huh. Oh, dude, I, something's going to go wrong here. I don't think, we're, I don't think people are going to be as big of a fan of it as they thought they were. Yeah, so it's going to take some getting used to. It's definitely new. Let's see how it works out. Let's see it through. See what changes maybe need to be tweaked or made for next year or the year after that. But um, They're going to have to make changes, man. That's a will long. Will they? Why? Because that's a long season for high school football, man. It, it is. But for that, I can you see that. You have two rounds, then the quarters, then the semis, then the championship. Right, they've extended it an extra week, and I don't know that that's necessary. Is it an extra two weeks? Well, I guess it is an extra week, huh? It's an extra week. Huh. All right, coming up next here in the Full Court Press, our pre-season predictions for Region 11. One through six. How are they going to finish? Are they going to finish? Who are you going to be most mad at, Ajay or me? Oh, you're going to be mad at me. That's just how it's going to be. Uh, so it's just like every other day. So we'll talk about that next. Region 11 preview. Van Noy plus better than Zach Vigil. We'll, we'll also get into our uh, player of the week and the stat that blew our minds. Coming the up next stat Full Court that Press. blew our minds. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to Full Court Press. This is Eric's first makeout song with his girlfriend in high school. What, no. what is this, dude? Okay, man, you had really that, done so well, and now you just absolutely went backwards. The same band. You know, one foot forward and six steps backwards, but it was. You can let it play. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm cool with talking with music Which, behind my back or ear. You don't want me. You don't want to hear that. You can't. Well, you're the one that just sat there and complimented the group and how great they were. It was, it's cool. Oh. It's called psychedelic rock. Psychedelic rock. 
psychedelic right now. Uh, we're talking about high school football. There are changes with RPI and how that affects the playoffs, but they've also expanded the playoffs. For an example, last year there were 16 teams. I thought it was 12, but it was 16, and it's how it's always been. I, I missed thinking about a bracket. There were 16 teams that went to the, the playoffs last year for 4A. They started, um, it was uh, late October, and there were four rounds. It ended in mid-November. Coming up for 2019, it will be different. There will be an extra round. So it'll go one additional week. Uh, now, it doesn't mean that more all the teams necessarily all participate. But the top 10 teams will have a first round bye. So they will start the, near the end of October, October 25th, 26th-ish. Uh, that's the first round. Then there'll be a second round. There'll be a quarterfinals. All of those will be at home sites. So there will be travel involved. Then the quarterfinals will be in mid-November. Still don't know yet where that's going to be. It's usually been at the University of Utah, but that hasn't been officially announced yet. And then the finals, the championship, will be November 22nd or November 23rd. Okay, wait. When is the... Uh... So it adds an extra week. To the playoff calendar. For Hold on. Football. When would the se- so because the semifinals would and the championship would be at a neutral site, right? Yes. And when's the, when's the date for that? November fourteenth through the sixteenth, potentially. It's the window. So Utah plays a home game on the sixteenth against UCLA. Just bear in mind that Weber State, who is another one that's also hosted, um. Who's hosted games, but they do it for the lower classifications usually. They have a home. Nope, they're on the road to Montana. Utah State has a home game, but it's not going to be. Yeah, it's not going to be Utah State. Unless, you know what? Unless it's two teams that are from Region 11, they'll move it for that. You think they hold it open that long to wait to determine? Yeah, if the Aggies aren't at home, there's nothing to worry about. Because the, the, that question has been posed before. They've said, no, nope, it's going to be, this is our site. It's a designated site. It doesn't matter. Not, they, they, only, they did that one year, like 20 years ago. It was. It was the year I was, yeah, it was when I but was there. We were versus, well, it was two years in a row. Potential is showing It was two years in a row. It was no. Ryan Bohm and his Logan Grizzlies versus uh, our Mountain Crest football team. And they did it two years in a row. The first one, Logan won it. And the second year, we won it. And so, yeah, when, look, when it's two. Region 11 Cash Valley teams, there is absolutely, positively pointless to put them in Salt Lake City. You have a week to make adjustments. It is not that hard. It's not you like s- a basketball tournament. No, it, yo, a basketball tournament is different. We are talking a whole... I mean, look, if we could have moved Bear River Skyview to, to the Spectrum for a morning game or whatever before the Utah State-Nevada game, they would have done that. But it would have been so hard because you had no idea if Bear River or Skyview were going to be there. Um, they were in southern Utah. Yes, it was awkward, but there's nothing you can do about this. You can fix. And in fact, we were, in fact, I think my, yeah, it was the second time we played Logan. We were supposed to be at Weber State because that's where they did the championship game as well. We were supposed to be at Weber State for that game. And then as soon as the games, as soon as we have finished our game, because we are the second game of that double header for it, because Logan had already won, 
and we beat Timfew, they automatically, I mean, it was almost instant. They said, hey, we're going to make changes. You're going to play here at Maverick Stadium. What well, was wrong? a ton of tickets. Oh, dude, it was one of the most attended games ever in state history. Yes. The highest attended games ever was is. Skyview Mountaincrest 87 championship game, which had over almost 20,000 fans. So it's good business, and it's smart by the high school athletic association to say, look, we've got two regional 11 teams. It's Skyview and Mountaincrest. Let's just play here in the championship game at Romney or at Maverick Stadium where nobody has to travel, and it cuts down on cost because we're all about cost, right, and expenses. If you just take that and move it to Maverick Stadium, it puts a huge dent. Well, excuse me, it, it lessens the dent of, of what the cost could be having those teams just go to Maverick. What's that look for? Right, Judge, who's getting dented? But uh, you clarified. Yeah. So. The, yeah, the expenses, costs for the Utah High School Athletic Association, which they, which they are so about now, for whatever reason, avoiding. So help yourselves out here and be smart. Use your brain, not just your, you know, egos. Well, it, usually that is announced by the time the season starts. So maybe they're they're holding that out for that very reason to give them that option to be flexible. If it happens, but you still need to announce where the games are at, though. I mean, they still have to tell. I mean, they still have to say, hey, look. This is what's going to happen. Well, you don't need to announce it until October. It's still too, the first games at these this neutral site. Well, no, you need to know. It's, it's three months away from right now. Yeah, but you need to say, hey, look, I mean, what, so then why do they wait? I mean, why do they announce the All-Star game? Because you don't know. As a team, you don't know where you're going one week to the next. If you win, you might go to Provo. You might go to... Uh, well, you may go to Park no, City. I'm saying you, you need to announce the neutral site games in the other games. You say, "Hey, this it. year the the neutral site game for the semifinal," and because remember, there's six classifications now, so you got to pair them out to where look one A, two A are going to go to play. Weber State, three and four are going to go here, five A and six A will play here, and usually five A, six A will be at the University of Utah, three A and four A will probably be at Weber State or not BYU. Yeah, I don't know. Weber no. State would be my guess. And I don't BYU know what they do with 1A, 2A. Sacred field. Yeah, it's it's a temple, but they don't... We have a recommend to it. mess up the grass. As Quinn Ficklin once said. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyways, no, you know so sides so before the season. Say, hey, look, this is where we're playing the uh, semifinal championship at. Subject to change. Well, meaning... Look, if it's two St. George schools, ship them to Southern Utah and have them play at Dixie State University or at Southern Utah. Don't have them come up to Salt Lake to play a, a semifinal or championship game. So I was just looking, 6A, 5A, and 6A have both already say University of Utah. Yeah, so that and means... It'll be on the Fridays, November 15th and November 22nd. For their semifinal games. Semifinal and championship. They'll be on the same day. Wait. Wait, 5A and 6A? So wait, they'll play their championship. Well, all oh, on 5A Thursday. 5A and 6A will play on the same day for the semifinals. 5A and 6A a week later will play on the same day for the championship. On the 15th and 22nd? Yes. So that means 4A's at University of Utah on the 16th and 23rd. I would take that as that means they're going to be at Rice Eccles Stadium. But if University of Utah is playing a game... On the 23rd, on the 23rd huh? 23rd... You can't do that. 16th and 23rd. 
Oh, yeah, and by the way, they're a, no, they're at Arizona for the 23rd, but they're a home against UCLA for the 16th. Uh, there's not a site location for the semifinals or finals for, for 4A. 3A either. 4A does not have an announcement. 3A does not have an announcement. They're probably trying to figure out what to do because that th- – and you know what? You might be right Two A regards to their time. 2A semifinals is not known for the semifinals, but the 2A finals will be at Southern Utah. So they might be waiting on the time of the Utah-UCLA game, but those announcements are not made until 12 days prior to that game. Well, kick time for that game hasn't been announced yet? Nuh-uh, for the Utah-UCLA game. So you might be right. They might be waiting on, well, what time's that game? If it's an 8.30 game, you might have to play a morning game and a very early afternoon game, get the heck off the field, get them everybody out, reset for the UCLA-Utah game at 8.30. If it's an evening game, say 5 p.m., which, by the way, the last three years, UCLA and Utah, no matter the site, have been a 5, 5.30 slot on Fox, then you've got a major problem, and you can't play there. You can't make it work. Interesting. So, so there's, there's, well, there's no longer a 1A classification. So there's still four, uh, excuse me, five classifications. So there's a 2A but not a 1A, is that right? There's no longer a 1A. So then you could just play football. 2A at like a, a neutral site on a high school field. Because you know, you, I mean, to put them at like Weber State would be just crazy. Well, the, f- the championship for 2A is going to be down at Southern Utah, but the semifinal is not announced. Seems odd. Wait, 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 wait. Say that one more time. Where is it championship at? Championship for 2A. Is it where? We'll be at Southern Utah. Southern Utah University. But the semifinal location has not been announced. And then again, on the 16th, Weber State's at Montana. But they're home against Idaho State on the 23rd. Well, good luck with that, UHSA. Yeah, it seems a little odd that that's... Yeah, that's that's weird to me. Not firmed up yet. Okay. All right, coming up next on the Full Court Press, our predictions for Region 11. Stat that blew our minds. Wait, what was that? Our Player of the Week. It's all coming up next right here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. France and Andre Salveson, Full Court Press, giving a preview for Region 11 football and the changes going on with UHSAA and the RPI that's now being in place. It doesn't matter now how you do in region. It doesn't matter if you finish in the top four in your region. It's the overall body of work, what you're able to do for your entire season. So how that affects who teams put on their schedules before region play, it means a lot more now. More teams are going to be invited to participate in the postseason, so greater chance that you'll get in anyway. But um, it's a very different setup. Top 10 teams will have a first week bye. There's an extra week added to the mix. Postseason is going to go into uh, deep into November. So... A uh, lot of football to be played, which gets underway this Friday. So, Aji, let's do this. Let's get into our 
preseason rankings of Region 11 football. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to start going 1 through 6. Or should we go 6 to 1? What do you want to do? Let's go 6 to 1. 6 to 1? Yeah. Wait, no, let's go 1 to 6 cuz we already know who one's going to be. We both agree on number 1. Yeah. Uh, it's for me, and I, I think for the both of us, it's the Skyview Bobcats. A lot of experience coming back. So they've, over the last several years, have had the uh, the, the best football tradition. Um, it's not a slight against other schools. It's just that's a team that's had a lot of success. Uh, there is a new head coach there. Maybe a little bit of question about how that's going to transition. But uh, as long as they have Mason Falslove and all the other returning players, Skyview's number one in my mind. Yeah, I'm with you. So, I mean, Mason Falso puts that team at number one unless somebody else can stop them. Until then, they went 21-2 with Danilo Robinson. I don't see things changing really that much. I have them as my number one. For me, my number two, I go on the opposite side of the valley to the Mountain Crest Mustangs. That's a team that had a great defense. They played ahead of schedule, I think. They surprised some people last year. Uh, they needed to figure out some offense. I think they're going to do that this year. And I think they're going to be a very strong team on both sides of the ball. So I've got them as my number two team. Uh, you know, I actually thought about Ridgeline at number two, and then I changed my mind after doing some extra research on it. I like Mountain Crest at number two as a, for me, the same reasons you got. They don't have too many questions at quarterback. They have a ton of restart, returning stars on defense. And if they can fix the offensive situation, they're going to be a really good team contending for another state title. Yeah, and a very experienced offensive line that's going to give them help. It's great linebackers. My number three is Ridgeline. Uh, there is question at the quarterback position, which makes me really pause if I should put them where they are. But I think with some of the other key components around him, whoever it is, uh, it's going to help that team succeed a lot. And I'm a fan of Travis Van Leeuwen. I can't deny the success he had in his first year at Logan. And uh, coming over to Ridgeline, it should be really an interesting experience to see how he does there. My number three is going to be Green Canyon. With a steady coaching staff, and you know, I know they lose Jake Dagger at quarterback, but even with the running back in there, I still like what they can do defensively. The whole small defensive line thing should be interesting, but I think within the region they should be just fine, so I have them as my number three. For my number four, I'm going to put in Bear River as my number four. Mm. Uh, a lot of experience coming back. Uh, there is some question about what they will look like defensively, but uh, that usually hasn't been a problem for them to get that figured out. Their question has been offense, and I think with as many people as they have coming back, they'll be able to figure that out, and I've got them as my number four team. My number four team is going to be Ridgeline, and they are going to be the most dangerous four team in the whole entire state. What Skyview in basketball as a four seed was to Juan Diego Ridgeline's going to be to some football team. Travis Van Leeuwen, and I'm with you, is one heck of a ball coach. I love what Travis Van Leeuwen did to Logan. He surprised all of us, turned everybody's heads. I think he can do the same thing with Ridgeline with a little bit more talent there as well. Uh, and I think, yeah, look, I have him as a four seed, but I think they're a four seed who's going to go play like a one seed in the state tournament and make some noise. I've got Bear River. Excuse me, Bear River is my four seed and Green Canyon is my five seed. Okay. Uh, I would... I'd love to have Green Canyon a little bit higher, but there's uncertainty at the quarterback position uh, and a couple other things. I know they do have a lot of guys coming back, and this is more experience than they've had, but uh, I'm just uncertain that they'll be able to generate enough offense to be in enough games. Uh, so I think they'll be in what you how you described Ridgeline as a potentially lower seed and how dangerous they are. 
That's how I would describe Green Canyon. Barrera's my five seed. Uh, I just feel like there's too many questions offensively. Um, I still think there's questions semi-defensively. They lost a lot of talent. Um, at least, you know, that's that started the majority of those games. And now they have a few guys coming back. That did start a lot of the last three games or had a lot of minutes. I don't think it really matters. I still think it's kind of a questionable team. Um, and, I, they, you know, they could maybe, if they make the state tournament, maybe they can actually pull off an upset. But right now, um, I think they're one of the teams left out. And it looks like we agree on who our number six team is going to be. Uh, I think with Logan, it's a third coach in three years. It's so tough, Eric. It, it, it's tough. That's brutal, man. Johnny Parkinson was a great addition to them last year, but he's gone. So there's real questions about what that quarterback spot's going to look like um, and trying to learn a new offense. Cade Thornley, I think, is going to be a, a huge asset for them as a great running back, and he'll be featured a lot. Um, but um, I just... I just don't know. I'm not even certain that the quarterback position is really settled. Um, and so I think that there are some nice players coming back on defense. Um, but I've, I think it'll be a tough battle in Region 11. But I've ultimately, somebody has to be sixth, and that's where I put Logan. Yeah, I have Logan as six. Like you've already mentioned, three coaches in three years is just absolutely brutal, man. And a new system, and they do get Ethan Wilts on the MC transfer, but I don't, I don't think he had any quarterback experience last year. And so this is, I mean, this is totally different. This is, this is a huge change for them, and I'm just not sure they're going to be able to handle it that well. And I mean, credit to, uh, I think it's Chris Bowen. Is that his name, Coach Bart Bowen? Bowen. Bart Bowen. Bart Bowen. Um, credit to him for willing to be willing to take the challenge. You leave Conwood and come to Logan. That is a drastic, drastic change. So credit to him for taking it. I just don't think it's going to do any good. Well, he went to Bear River High School, so he's from the area. It's not uh, that far away. So, um, yeah, but uh, I think it'll be a very interesting Region 11 race. Um, I, I think that, that this is going to be some really great competition. A lot of different coaches in different places. Coaches who were in the region before, so they're going to know very well, at a very intimate level, how good the other players are uh, across from them on the field, which will make it really intriguing. Mm. So that's our Region 11 preview. Games begin this Friday. We've got all the games covered on local uh, radio. You can stream them online as well as full schedule, full details on cashvalleydaily.com. Up next, we'll get into our player and stat Stat to blow our minds and a player of the week next in the Full Court Press. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, Full Court Press, Player of the Week, and Stat That Blew Our Minds. Ajay, why don't you give us your Player of the Week? So mine's actually going to go to Mr. Daniel Jones of the Giants. So he gets drafted. Everybody wants to get across and just crucify him and call it a you know, career for the guy's, you know, for the, for the guy's career job before he even took one snap in fall camp. Then he goes out there and goes five for five with a touchdown. He looks very solid. His debut. So, way to handle, I mean, the Big Apple, the play there is an absolute, I mean, it is a nightmare. You miss. You drop one pass. You overthrow one guy. You are in the New York Post the next day, front page, 
You're on the New York Times the next day, front page, bust. <laughs> yeah, with millions and millions of people. Eli Manning, I feel so bad. He won two Super Bowls, be one of the greatest teams in NFL history, and nobody cares. Because they're like, oh, you suck, Eli. Even though you won a Super Bowl, no one cares. Uh, uh, my player of the week is also in New York. I'm going with Glaber Torres. Who? Hit his... 13th home run versus the Orioles the other day. Oh, jeez. That's the eighth, eighth time this season he's hit multiple home runs in one game. Guy has just been on fire. Well, everyone's been hitting home runs versus the Orioles yeah, this year. That's true. It's nothing unique. My stat uh, of the day. Uh, so the Giants, uh, uh, two days ago, allowed 10 hits and walked 11 batters. And they still beat the Phillies. That's the first time since July 26, 1999, and a 10-8 win over the Cardinals that the Giants have allowed 10-plus runs, 10-plus walks, and a nine-inning win. What's your stat, Eric? That was my stat. You must have been reading <laughs> off of my paper. Eric, I don't cheat. You cheated. I do my research. You totally cheated. That was my stat. If you hate it, hate the game, not the playoff. <laughs> hey, tomorrow we'll have our uh, full-court press movie quiz. Oh, it's my it's turn. your turn. Dude, I watched Dodgeball the other day. It's frightening. It's so good. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll post our Region 11 predictions on Twitter. You can debate oh, us. Oh, no. At us. I don't need mommy and daddy yelling at me.